This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The liturgical scripture readings for the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. A reading from the second book of Samuel. In those days, all the tribes of Israel came to David in Hebron and said, Here we are, your bone and your flesh. In days past, when Saul was our king, it was you who led the Israelites out and brought them back. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and shall be commander of Israel. When all the elders of Israel came to David in Hebron, King David made an agreement with them there before the Lord, and they anointed him king of Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced because they said to me, We will go up to the house of the Lord. And now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Jerusalem built as a city with compact unity. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. According to the decree for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. In it are set up judgment seats, seats for the house of David. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, let us give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. 
Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God, for you are subject to the same condemnation? And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Kevin, we are celebrating the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. And this, you said about last Sunday that that was the last Sunday in ordinary time. Well, today is the last Sunday of the church year. And this feast was established by Pope Pius XI in 1929, and it is always celebrated on the last day of the church year. I also want to point out that next Sunday marks the first Sunday of Advent and will also be the beginning of a new church year in the the church calendar. Yes, exactly. Year A will start next week. But uh, before then, we do have uh, two things I think this week that are important. November 21st, is a celebration of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And what exactly does that mean? It really comes from the fact that, you know, religious parents, through their prayer and and through their works, they love to consecrate or want to consecrate their children to divine service and love of God, Uh, both, you know, before and after their birth, right? Even in the womb, they love to to pray for their child. Um, In the Jewish times back then, some Jews also not only did that, but they offered their child to God in their infancy, And by the hands of the priests in the temple, they are lodged in apartments belonging to the temple. And then they're brought up and raised by the priests and the Levites in sacred ministry. And so it's an ancient tradition that the Blessed Virgin Mary was thus solemnly offered to God in the temple in her infancy. So this goes back to apostolic times, and this is what we celebrate is that presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary on the 21st. And of course, this uh, last Saturday or last Thursday of the month, uh, this is the celebration of Thanksgiving. Uh, This was something that the first national observance was with President Washington, and he had written then as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledgement with grateful hearts, the many and signal favors of Almighty God. So again, this is a beautiful feast to thank God, not just to be able to get together and watch football and and eat, and, and, and those are all fun things, but remember the core is Thanksgiving to God for this. That's why we want to take time yeah, out. And that. to hold that Thanksgiving in our hearts throughout the throughout the entire exactly. year. Exactly. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Well, we're going to start today with the second book of Samuel. Yes, we are. And today's reading, it picks up just after the death of King Saul. And David is appointed, or he's anointed king. And we hear that all the tribes of Israel came to David and they wanted to pledge their allegiance. And they publicly recognized him as the one chosen by God to shepherd his people. And this is important because of the role that this royal dynasty will play in fulfilling the message prophecy. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, we hear, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. And Jesse was David's father. And many generations later, both our blessed mother Mary and St. Joseph, they both descended from the line of King David. 
Yeah, and, and I want to touch on some of that a little deep, more deeply in the sense of, remember, our Savior is both king and shepherd, and I think that this first reading speaks beautifully to that. And, and many Jews did not recognize Jesus as the Messiah because of some of their militaristic sort of expectations. But let's focus on Jesus as king. As you mentioned, Jesus is from the line of David, and that comes from 2 Samuel, where one of David's offsprings will be king. How beautifully you talked about that. Now remember, this kingly throne is a perpetual office, not a person. And the government, as you mentioned, is a kingdom, not a democracy. So we have this beautiful perpetual office that starts, that Christ institutes, and that's, of course, where we get our papal line today. But remember, don't, you can't look at Christ as just this authoritative king. Remember, he is a shepherd. And, and at this time, Israel was being led by many false shepherds. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 34 you know, speaks very well to that on how many shepherds were errant in their teaching. Uh, but in verse 10 of Ezekiel 34, it says, I will rescue my sheep. God is indeed the true shepherd. He will say at the end of chapter 34, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And of course, then that rolls into how David is from the line of David, Christ is from the line of David, and sets up this perpetual office. So how important it is to see Christ as king and shepherd. And and that's such an important way to look at the kingship of Christ. Yeah. Well, second reading today, I think St. Paul does an amazing job really just speaking to the glory of God and the presence and the physical uh, presence of Christ, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And he reminds us to give thanks to God the Father who delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And that it's through Jesus that the invisible God has been revealed. And he goes on to deliver an eloquent narrative on the omnipotence the majesty and the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I find these words to be so powerful as St. Paul writes, for in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. You touch on that omnipotence and how he's the inv- image of the invisible God and how all things were created through him and for him. I really see the beauty of that as the superiority of Christ over the created world and over the church. I mean, Christ is not just one of many mediators. He is the one true mediator between man and the one true God. And being that one true mediator, I want to make sure that folks, and this is a beauty, I think, of the Catholic Church, is that we also can act as co-mediators. The fact that he's the one true mediator does not diminish our role. So, Carla, say for an example, I might ask you to pray for me or to intercede for me for some struggle or other even joy that I'm having at the time. Remember, I can make my request that you pray for me, but I don't ask you to answer my request, or I don't ask you to ask God to answer my request. Really, what I'm doing is I'm just asking you to pray and then leaving that decision up to the Trinity. And God will re- decide how he wants to respond to, to our request that we're bringing before him. Exactly. How important that really is in terms of that that mediation and how natural that is to ask people to pray for, for uh, others. So if you're going through a difficult time, please ask others to pray for you. Please include Mater Day Radio. We have that prayer in a session line. Ask people to pray for you and then leave that decision to God. Exactly. Well, in the gospel today, uh, boy, we have today our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, 
Christ's crucifixion seems to be the opposite of what we'd expect for the proclamation of a king, isn't it? It certainly does. And to those who don't know Jesus, we must look like a strange group of people. We worship a God who was put to death like a common criminal. Our king wore a crown of thorns, and his throne was a wooden cross. The glory of Christ's death contradicts the world's idea of glory and can only be understood when looking at it through the eyes of faith. And as for those two thieves who were crucified along with him, they so clearly illustrate for us that in the end, we will have to make a choice. The bad thief represents those who will cling to their sin even when that sin is the cause of their misery and even in their misery, they will mock, ridicule, and hate those who follow Christ. It will be because of the hardness of their heart that they will reject God's mercy and reject salvation. The good thief represents those of us poor sinners who have repented and begged God for mercy, clinging to the promise that one day we too will be with him in paradise. Yeah, we have to remember, and I love that good thief's conversion there, how he, in his way, made a stand for Christ by, in this case, rebuking the sinner. He then begged for mercy and accepted responsibility for his sins, and he confessed Jesus as king. This is a, sometimes is such a contradiction, but let me close with 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. It says here, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.